If you followed your heart, what kind of life would you create for yourself? What work would you do? What kind of people you would help? And how would you spend your time with your family and your loved ones? In this fascinating episode, we get a glimpse into the life of Charles Elwood, an early member of our Power BI Consultant program and now a Microsoft MVP. We get a glimpse into what is possible if you follow your heart. This is part three of a series, A Journey of a Power BI Pro. To learn more about creating your own path to freedom, please visit learnpowerbi.com backslash pro. Link is also in the show notes. And you will also find the link to connect with Charles Elwood. Enjoy and power on. Welcome to the Power On Show, where we talk Power BI and beyond, sometimes way beyond. But our goal is always to help you create a successful Power BI career and a life of freedom. I'm your host, Avi Singh. All right, folks, here we are with the incredible Charles Elwood. Now, you know, Charles, you and I haven't talked in a bit, but uh, I know a lot is going on, so I'm really looking forward to catch up. How, how are you doing this morning? Actually, it's not quite morning for you, is it? <laughs> hey, it's, it's one o'clock, um, you know, and we're going to talk about the freedom part of it. But yeah, I just went for a run. I texted you. I was like, Avi, I'm going for a run. And uh, oh, I love went it. for a run. It's sunny, beautiful. Love it. Love love getting outdoors and having the freedom to, you know, manage your time. That's, that's beautiful. I can't wait to get into all that, but, um, let's talk about work. Now I'll say that for a large part of my life, work wasn't my favorite topic to talk about. Like, oh, come on. Like I just like to talk about anything else, but work, but that's one of the shifts that you and I have both experienced that instead of something you dread, instead of the Monday blues, man, I, right. It, it becomes a part of you and it fuels you as much as anything else. So um, I know you started with Power BI within your company and you started consulting with uh, around Power BI. What, man, you have moved so, moved uh, from there and, and evolved and grown so much. And it's been incredible to kind of watch that from the sidelines. And uh, I know you got the Microsoft MVP certi uh, certification and you have delved really into AI. Tell me what is kind of the focus of your work right now? Uh, is it Power BI, AI, a mix. Uh, yeah, tell me what's the kind of work you find yourself doing when you're helping your clients these days? Yeah, that's that. That's a great question. Um, so, so going back a little bit, you're right, yeah. Power BI. And then I, I was going for the AI or the MVP award in Power BI, but I was doing so much work in AI and at the time on IoT or AI on the edge on the device that I got kind of by accident the AI MVP oh i wouldn't say it was an accident I, mean, I know about some of the work you were doing and i know yeah. how uh, impressed they were and I, I i remember your story where where people around you started talking about like how come you're not an mvp right w isn't that yeah. true right yeah so yeah you know, and that's yeah yeah it was, uh, it was uh, my friend at microsoft abira she was like how how are you not an mvp already she's like you're you're <laughs> talking about this stuff, you're doing this stuff. So yeah. she, she uh, nominated me and uh, you know, that's kind of how I got in there. And then, and then, you know, this was six months before this past December when, you know, OpenAI and Microsoft and Azure and everything just kind of merged in one and everything blew up. And <laughs> then, you know, I, I, 
you know, you, you know my story. I started um, really like following my heart and you know, that, that's where the freedom comes in is I saw AI as a really powerful tool in terms of helping people who have um, impairments in communication. And I started working with the, the teenager in Puerto Rico who was nonverbal and using AI so that she could sign in her way, you know, um, and she could speak to the world with, you know, I was going to give uh, her mother's voice to her. And then I worked with a gentleman here in uh, in Holland, in Michigan, who um, had throat cancer and he lost his voice to throat cancer. And we took VHS tapes of all things. You know, we found, we actually found a VHS tape from 2004 and I extracted the audio from that and I gave him his voice back. He has an app now yeah. where he types words into it and yeah. then his voice, you know, recovered wow. from the VHS tape. So, so, so yeah, it's, it's yeah. a life Man. of freedom. Man, that's that's incredible. It's like uh, freedom to do the work that you love, freedom to do the work that you believe in. Uh, but uh, but for the speech part, I've heard it from you, and it's so incredible. But I'm just gonna say it back just to make sure I understand it. So let's say I was uh, Eddie that lost my voice, or uh, I was about to lose my voice. What you can go back to maybe my old <laughs> YouTube recordings, and you can you can. Uh, program it through AI so that then if I've lost my voice, I can speak through an app, but it'll be my voice. It wouldn't be the yeah. Stephen Hawking robotic weird voice that we have come to associate with somebody. It'll sound like me. Man, that's yeah, it, truly incredible. It, it's incredible. And I did it with my voice. Um, you know, I made a neural version of my voice and I played it for my wife. Yeah. And I remember she listened to it and she she looked at me and she's like, why would you do this? You know? <laughs> Oh my God, the pranks you can play with that. I didn't think about that possibility. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's she's like, this is, like, what yeah. is this? And she's like, I'm not comfortable. You know what we need, Charles? We, we need to get you a life-size cutout of you and, and then have some fun, you know, put speakers behind it. Oh God. All right, all right, all right. Uh, control yourselves, guys. All right, so um, you know what I'm thinking though is sometimes you know there's this line that i like which is like you're in one thing as you're in another and uh in power bi i'm always kind of for the underdog you know kind of the business user I was like oh, yeah, i'm not sure i can do this this is a tech world i'm like no no you can i'll help you right and i've started to hike and guess the kind of people that i'm encouraging to hike it's the non-hiker right so here I'm helping the non-techie with the tech and there i'm like no no no, you can do it and i'm like no i'm not sure I'm like, no I'll, I'll go with you right but I wonder if if you see a parallel, like what you were trying to do with Power BI, the way you're trying to work, the way you're trying to help your client, the kind of clients you were working with or enjoyed working with, and the work that you're doing with AI. So on surface, it seems very different. It seems like almost a 180, right? So, like, oh, you're doing this and now you're doing that. But I wonder if there's a common thread that links the two. Absolutely. Um, so when I was doing Power BI, I loved... There are a couple projects I loved. I worked with Kids Food Basket um, with a Power BI project to get food to children that didn't that had food insecurity, right? And that was close to my heart. I was like, this is what I want to do for the children of the world is give them the food and take that pain away from them. Um, and I remember I worked with um, some professors at Hope College doing wastewater analysis of COVID um, during, you know, with Power BI. Um, and so I wanted to help the people and really add value and impact to society. 
And that's what I discovered with AI too, is it's so powerful in that you can pick and choose who you help. Um, and it freed me up to, to take on the customers that were closest to my heart. Yeah, yeah. so that's the freedom I think oh. I discovered afterwards is that I coveted so much is to, to help the people I wanted to help that needed it the most. Wow, man, that's incredible. So I'm I'm trying to <laughs> contrast it with the life that maybe you lived. I know that was certainly my life where they talk about the, you know, the cog in the giant machine, right? So I was working at Microsoft and even before that I was in one of the other large company. And man, I remember, so, you know, so sometimes I think about the things that I don't miss. Like, you know, I do miss, there was some interactions, some, some great colleagues I work with, so I feel lucky about that. But there are some, some things I don't miss. And one of them is that annual performance review. I, I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it's just never made sense. But, you know, there were some tragic parts where I remember I would go through the year and I knew I'd worked really, really hard. But at the end, it almost felt like I was trying to make up stuff for the performance review, you know? But going from that to now where your impact, like there's no doubt and you see it, like it's so tangible and so immediate. What has that meant for you? How, how does that feel different from the uh, corporate life? It's an adjustment for sure. It's you, you kind of recalibrate your value, like what, what success means. Like before, like you said, mm -hmm. performance metric, you know, meeting these goals yeah. that somebody else set up for you. But now it's, you know, you kind of like, for example, I got picked to do a TEDx uh, Makatawa presentation, you know, and, and there was a large group that submitted and oh, I got, exciting. and it's, yeah, it's this story and they picked it because of the impact it had to society, for society, right? And just that feeling that, you got chosen to tell your story about how you're impacting other people's lives. Um, you know, and, and just hit, Avi, like you and I have talked about my kids, they were like, dad, uh, you know, and they, they told me, they're like, we're so proud of you. Like TEDx, yeah. like I wow. can tell my friends that you're giving a voice <laughs> to people that lost your voice. Like that means Dude, the world to me. You, you're going to be like, I don't know any other TEDx speakers. And obviously I've watched a lot of TEDx. I'm a fan of TED and TEDx talks, but that's that is incredible you should definitely be really proud so is that coming up yeah that's in uh three weeks i think so yeah it's coming up really here exciting. And, and really exciting. yeah the, the, the pride you know when when your kids say hey dad i'm proud of you you know like that's the performance review i'm going for you know like oh love it what a beautiful thing to say yeah and, and, you know you've probably heard me say this right i mean kids i feel boy i mean they they don't listen to you certainly once they hit teenage they don't listen to you man, they see you, you know? So I remember when I was like, no, 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 I can't leave my job at Microsoft because I got to support my kids and all that. But I'm like, what kind of role model am I being, you know? How am I ever going to inspire them or ask, tell them to pursue their dreams if I'm not doing that myself? So yeah, man, I mean, I think we're all proud of you and 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 yeah, that is, that is pretty amazing. So I want to dig a little bit deeper into the work. And some of it is is uh is valuable but it's kind of obvious on the surface which is that yeah you help somebody and you build a dashboard for them and you show to them and they go whoa right and you know boy you recreate somebody's voice and you know the reaction that uh, uh that you get i'm sure it's 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 pretty amazing but are there other moments in your work where 
maybe there's not even anybody around. Maybe you're just trying to kind of figure something out and you're kind of lost in a zone or or you struggling with a problem and it's maybe frustrating, but then you solve it. Tell me about the joy, joy in the work that uh, you kind of experience uh, from day to day. Well, it's, it's been incredible. You know, I think it's, I've been thinking a lot about this and it's the persistence, the resilience, um, and it's me sitting for hours in front of a screen, you know, like for example, this voice, I had to spend hours watching that VHS tape saying, okay, this chunk of audio I want to take out. And it was hours and hours and hours. Um, and as I got closer to making it successful, mm -hmm. um, you know, I got more excited and I was like, man, this is a lot, awful lot of hours and this may fail. This may never work, wow. but to get to that point and to see when it's almost there, that yeah. excitement is like, there's no other feeling like it. You know, I was like, I just want to recreate that over and over. And I think you and I have talked about it, you know, like Power BI, that the agile part of it, mm -hmm. like you don't know what you're going to discover, but after you've mm -hmm. done it a while, it's like, I'm going to write this DAX. And when I throw it out there, this pattern might emerge. And when you get close and you start seeing those patterns, you're like, yeah. The value is here. The impact is right around the corner, you know, and, and just to see that in your customer's eyes when you show them that dashboard and they're like, yeah. this will change my whole company. But yeah, I have those moments um, all the time now. And I just, it's I like you crave that, right? And I know yeah. people in our audience are going to resonate with it because that's what we strive for is that working through that yeah. hard problem just to get that value right on the other side yeah. that we don't know what it quite is yet. Oh, that's that's beautiful. So, so I think there is a, 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 a there is a meta level to it, right? There is there is a spiritual aspect to it, and I think the spiritual aspect is I think we do get intuitively, like when we are working aligned, we know how that feels, right? You feel lit up, and yeah, you you, it's just your life, right? We know, in fact, you know, words kind of fail in this world, right? So we we know all that. But I think the scientists, the science is trying to catch up. So they, they study this phenomena, which is, which they call flow. And the simplest way to describe it is when you feel your best and perform your best. But, you know, I mean, when I heard that, I'm like, oh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. But, but yeah, so we have kind of experienced it. And I think scientists are trying to catch up. But, yeah, that's incredible that, uh, you know, we have that in our lives. Uh, you said something which caught my attention, which is that you're doing something, you're spending hours at it, and you don't even know if you're going to succeed. And I want to tease on that a little bit because I work, of course, uh, you know, I kind of train and coach others uh, around Power BI, around, uh, you know, leaving the nine to five. And uh, a lot of times that fear of failure is there. And again, I mean, I always say courage isn't the absence of fear, it's taking action in spite of fear. But I know that sometimes that fear can be limiting. But uh, has that being a perspective you've kind of always had, they're like, hey, you know, it might fail, but, you know, I'm going to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Or have you kind of nurtured it over time? Has it, have you experienced that more in your recent years since leaving a nine to five job? Tell me about that part. I, I think I remember. So, you know, this goes back to when I first met you, Avi. I, I remember you know, somebody asking me what it, what it's like to start your own business. And I was like, well, it's kind of like waking up, picking your worst top three fears and then punching them in the face. Right. I mean, it's just, it's like that every day. And after a while you go through that and you're like, wow, like, look at how far I've come in a year, you know, facing all my fears. 
Um, and you just learn that just on the other side of fear sometimes is great learning, great impact, great, you know, fulfillment. Um, and you're like, wow, I wish I'd done this 10 years ago. That's, you know, that <laughs> that's kind of like how I think about it now is, you know, like facing yeah. these fears has made me grown uh, so, so much in, oh. in the last four years, you know, Oh, and it all kind of started when I, I met you and I started this journey in my own business and Power BI and learning. And yeah, it's it's been so much fun. But fear fear is always there. It's still here with me today. Um, yeah. But I know I just want to get to the other side of it. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, that's true. That, that's true. But but you know, yeah, don't don't let it stop you. That's incredible. Uh, I'll share something quick that uh, Grace Tia shared when I was uh, having this conversation with her. And she talked about how in Chinese, there are two words for regret. I don't know that. I said two different words for regret. One is for regret for the things you did. And another is regret for the things you didn't do. And she said, I, I want I want less of that, you know, right? Because it's so hard to regret the things you didn't do. It's like, oh man, I should have taken that chance. What if you did do something? And again, it was like what your heart was calling you to, then, you know, you can always say that, man, I mean, I gave it my best. Right. So, so yeah, that's, that's beautiful. That's lovely. Uh, so tell me, let's, uh, switch over and let, I want to hear more about, uh, the clients that you help. So start with the kind of the power BI work, and then we'll talk about the AI and, the uh, voice thing. So, so power BI, uh, tell me uh, a bit more, you did mention some of the clients, uh, maybe tell me about other clients or pick one of your favorite stories, like, what were these engagements like uh, and uh, what was the impact and so forth? Yeah. Tell, tell me a bit about that. I'm going to go back. Um, I'm going to go back a little bit because, you know, I was, I worked with some, some large, large data sets and um, you know, they were large data dumps. And I remember looking at them and, and I remember going through your lessons, you know, and it, it, this this is kind of fun because I remember seeing, you know, the 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 large. If you just take that data dump and you throw it into Power BI and you auto detect the relationships, right? You get this like huge network snowflake diagram, and you're like, oh, what what is this, you know? And I remember, you know, the client was like, this is super slow. I can't get this to do anything, you know. And I was like, all right, let me. Let me work with this. And I, you know, I just kept thinking star schema, star schema, you know, and simplify just to the tables and the, the fields you need. And, you know, I built a star schema. I built the lookup tables. I built that, that main table and the, you know, the data table in the middle. And I remember, you know, I, it, it, it looks so simple, right? I was like, there's like three or four lookup tables pointing to a big data table. I was like, I don't know, like <laughs> this is it, right? But then, you know, I had not been through it through the customer's eyes, right? Through their lens. So I, I went in, I was like, here's a report and here's kind of the back end. Here's what the star schema looks like. And I remember clicking through some of the filters and you know, that, that right? We talk about this, that jaw dropping moment. Like, cause you know, I'd click the filter and boom, like, you know, auto filtering and, it was immediate and that star schema, that sound data model changed everything. I mean, it looks so simple, yeah. but it changed everything. It was a, it was so beautiful how fast it was. And I still remember that, 
that one moment, you know, and it was very early in when I started my Power BI and I was like, wow, this is, this is incredible. Like the amount of value I can provide somebody and, you know, that moment when you show them and you see through their eyes, all the pain that yeah. they've gone through and what you've just solved for them. Um, yeah. I, I still remember that. That's, those are the, the beautiful moments yeah. for me. Oh man, that, that's incredible. And, um, and yeah, I mean, I always say, right. I mean, I know it's, it's okay to learn more, right. But I think when we make the connection that, oh, I don't know enough and I'm not good enough yet. And when I know enough, then I'll, then only, then and only then can I help others. It's just a silly notion, right? Because it's, it's, there's no finish line to that. I always say, Hey, if you know, some encounters and some basics, right. I mean, if you've gone through my 60 minute tutorial, data table, lookup table, man, there are millions of businesses you can help and get paid for it. And yeah, make an impact for them. Now, what a beautiful story. Uh, what a beautiful story. So tell me about the, the AI work. So this, this, uh, uh, what would you call this? Like voice recreation? Uh, yeah, that, that's part of my AI? work. Yeah. And then I okay. do a lot of open AI and chat GPT help for, mm -hmm. for companies that are integrating it. Um, yeah. and I, I want to tie it to power BI. So let me, let me tie. Cause it, actually BI I was curious works. about the connection. I was like, is it two different worlds or is it an overlap? Tell me a bit about that. It's it, so I started with power BI and I, I was like, oh, we're just looking for patterns in the data. That's a lot of it. And we do the human learning before machine learning that you had taught us about, right? You're looking for the logic of how to clean the data and how the logic forms and then you create the the schema to to kind of extract the patterns for us to visually see the patterns um, and then i got to introduce the artificial intelligence on the edge which to me was just an extension of power bi because power bi to me i saw so much data was dirty right and we have to go through that cleaning process but to me you could train a brain and put it at the data collection point to clean the data. So that's what AI on the edge meant to me. So it was just an extension of the patterns I was seeing in Power BI. So I was like, wow, you can now train a brain to find the patterns and clean it and just collect the useful information and send it to me. And then I'll plot this on Power BI. So that's what led to AI on the edge. But then I got introduced to, you know, like open AI and multimodal um, inputs and all that really meant was you're looking for patterns in speech, in vision, in images, in text, in language. Um, so it was an extension of data and visualization, but kind of the abstraction was in the the pattern recognition. You can now train like a mathematical model to see those patterns, right? So that's that's how I went from Power BI to AI, and it's really just an extension. It was a path into this that that movie yeah. there so oh that's great it's reminding me of the phrase that i've heard like power bi is the gateway drug to bi <laughs> it yeah. opens so many doors great great place to start uh uh, uh I, I suppose uh that's that's great uh so uh, uh uh let's switch gears and talk about this so yeah i mean I'm sure there are people who are doing work like work around Power BI and AI inside a company. And of course, you and I both kind of experienced that. That was our life. Well, we left it behind. And you talked about the decision, like, how does it feel like? Well, yeah, facing your worst three fears every morning. But uh, how has that turned out? What do you feel has that given you? How is your life different now that? maybe you value a lot more what what value is there in this new life 
that you see. Yeah, and so I, I think about that all the time. Um, I, I, you know, people ask, would I ever go back? And mm -hmm. it's an emphatic never. <laughs> um, I, I would never go back. I, I'm never capable of it. Like, imagine, you know, the thing is, we're going to be like our manager's worst nightmare. Whoever we're reporting to, like, oh, God, yeah, we'll be the troublemakers, man. Yeah, troublemakers. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's not going to work. All right, cool, yeah. cool. Tell me more. <laughs> never go back because it's the ultimate freedom. Um, it's the freedom to, you know, I remember this is the story is I remember one of the reasons I left, you know, I remember being able to, well, my son had a, a doctor's appointment and I couldn't go, you know, and it was important for me to go. And I was like, you know, I, I'm not making my own decisions. I don't have freedom with my time to choose what I do with my time. And time's one of those crazy things that once it's gone, you can never get it back. Right. So it's time with my kids. Um, during this time, you know, when, when they're at home, they're about to go to college. Right. So I was like, I need this time. I need to own this time. I need to have freedom to choose what I do with my time. And, you know, and like Grace said, you know, I don't want to ever regret, you know, in the future, not spending time with my kids or choosing that. Right. So, so what all of this, you know, journey has given me is time to choose who I work with, what projects I work on, who I help who I turn down. If one doesn't meet my values, I, I say, I'm sorry, but this doesn't work with, you know, my values. Um, and I get to, you know, like I get to go for a run, like I did earlier. I get to take my kids to, you know, I, I play games. I take them fishing. I go, you know, take them in a canoe, whatever. You build, you build boats together, right? Yeah. Yeah. I built a, there's a canoe that I built. Yeah. And there's Carolina. 3d printing going on and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah, we, we learned 3D printing together. Uh, we built a cornhole and we were playing yesterday. My youngest son and I go play. The freedom I have now to do what I want and and, and importantly too, to make my own mistakes. I remember my boss uh, before I left the last job I was at, it's like, Charles, he told me, you're gonna make your own mistakes now and I can't help you anymore. And I remember thinking in the back of my head, like, yes, I get to make my own mistakes. Oh. I wanna write my own story. Yeah, that that is so important. Yeah. Oh man, that's incredible. That's incredible. I'll share a quick story. You may have heard it before, but uh, after I left Microsoft, I did this uh, free workshop in a library. I, I, you know, the library you could get the room for free. So I was just starting out. I'm like, yeah, dude. So I did a free workshop, and I tried to promote on LinkedIn. Didn't really get that much attention, and uh, uh, I think like 15 people signed up. And man, I, I went to Costco and I bought like snacks and all this stuff. I'm like, okay, cool. You know, there are 15 people in the room. I was so clueless, man. If 15 people sign up for your event and, and for a free event, you don't know who's showing up. So one person showed up. I was so heartbroken. And I went crying to my uh, one of my friends and I was like, oh, right, this didn't work. And he said, Avi, man, what are you complaining about? Dude, you you know, you, you, you're the king of your world, right? You can do whatever you want. This didn't work. Try something else. So I thought to myself, yeah, this in-person thing didn't work. Let me try online. And as they say, man, the rest is history, right? So yeah, and it's, I love that story where you said, yes, I get to make my own mistakes. And uh, man, what a spirit. Uh, really, really amazing. Um you have mentioned this word a few times, and I want to hear more about that. You mentioned about values. And frankly, it's commendable where you said that, you know, saying no 
to a client where your values don't match. And I, I sometimes struggle with that a little bit, right? Because, but I have, I've had to train myself for one, not thinking of it as a no. Um, and the way, the phrase that I use is that by saying no to what you don't want or what doesn't align with you, you're saying yes to more of what you do want and what does align with you. But, uh, like, what do you mean when you say your values? Is this something thought out? Is it something that's written out? Like, this word gets thrown around a bit, but uh, often it, yeah, what what does that mean for you? It, it's taken a lot of thought to figure out what my my values are. Um, you know, I think because the corporate world, they they tell you what, what you should do. And I was like, now that I'm on my own, I got to figure out what, what I want to do. Um, and, and, you know, it's, it's to give back in the community. I, I serve on, uh, I think it's four different boards, um, and nonprofits in town. Um, I, you know, help people with, with disabilities, um, you know, and I give back and, uh, to, to the community to try to make a huge difference in somebody's life. And, and a lot of times, like you said, you know, not necessarily the underdog, but just, you know, what I, what I find is people they talk about scale a lot and they're like, mm. well, we'll only invest in your company if you can scale this thing or if, if you can take it and help millions of people. Right. But I was like, yeah, but what about that one person who has that custom that if you can build something custom for them and it changes their life immensely, yeah. if the value to that one person is there, yeah. you know, why not do that? And, and so it's, it's decisions like that, that I can now make because they align with, what I want to do with my time is like change somebody's life completely and do something that's never been done before um, yeah. and be persistent and solve that problem. So, so yeah, yeah. Those, those are kind of the things I've had to think a lot about is, you know, in, and, and when you start your own journey, I think mm -hmm. one of the things is everybody tells you how you should take that journey, <laughs> <laughs> but you got to kind of just like say, okay, I'm going to take this my own way, make my yeah. own mistake. Kind of the same you know, you're going to make your own mistakes. Yes. I want to make my own mistakes. Wow, man. Uh, man, I think we could just talk for hours on that, but, uh, let's, uh, but I'll, I, that definitely resonated with me because I think there's this obsession with scale and growth and I'm not really sure where it comes from. And, and I don't know if you've experienced that, right. But I think a lot of it for me, leaving the nine to five has been deprogramming. Which is funny because that's the same thing that I say about Power BI. It's like before you can learn, you know, you got to unlearn some stuff. For example, in Power BI, I came from Excel and all I would do is flatten the heck out of the table, right? We look up, there's like a giant hundred column table. And if you keep doing that in Power BI, you're not going to get anywhere. And in a way, leaving the nine to five has been more about leaving the nine to five mindset and just busting some of these things. So... Um, I think about the same thing. I think why this obsession with growth? I mean, think about it, right? If a company, any company, let's say they made a hundred million in a year, right? What's going to be their goal for next year? It's always going to be higher. And I think again, right? I mean, if, if I leave the, the nine to five behind, but I'm still bound to the same dogma, then I'm not really living a life of freedom. And I've, I've questioned that, you know, there's nothing wrong with growing, but growth for growth's sake is questionable. So what you were saying though, it reminded me of one quote and I looked it up because I didn't want to mess it up. I'm just going to read it out. 
Uh, to the world, you may be one person, but to one person, you may be the world. And man, so of course, I've seen you kind of do that. And I think that's really important. I think that's really important. So it's not about like, oh, yeah, we help millions of people. Well, great. That was your purpose. That was a mission. Then you served it, right? But um, it's equally meaningful, I think, to just hold one person's hand, help them. And you've helped so many. Uh, man, it's uh, you've already left, lived an incredible life. But I know there's a lot more exciting stuff to come. Uh, not only kids, I think all of us are proud of you. And you set an example, inspiring example for so many of us. And of course, what I love about you is that you do share your story. You talked about, uh, you know, your upcoming TED, uh, TEDx talk. And I know even in local community and other groups, you share your story. So that's, that's pretty incredible. So uh, in closing, what I wanted to ask you was that, um, what would you say to that old Charles who was, <laughs> so imagine somebody who's, who's in their nine to five. And I think that sometimes the challenge is that it's, it's, it's not bad. It doesn't suck. In fact, in a way you're grateful, you know, it gives you a livelihood, gives you an income, it supports your family and the work is sometimes okay. Right. And, and yeah, so things are okay, but there is something greater that's you feel pulled towards, but you're almost afraid of that. And you're almost guilty of that. You feel like, oh no, man, am I like, yeah, I mean, you feel like you're being thankless, uh, ungrateful for what you already have. And, 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 you know, and, and yeah, the risk of, uh, uh, stepping beyond to reach for the great just seems too much. What would you say to that person? And I think, yeah, and this is a message for, you know, our audience too, is, you know, I think there was this part of me that held my true self back. And I think this is what you said about telling your story too, is I, I was really struggling with, you know, telling my story to the world and telling about what I've done, you know, taking this journey and stuff. Um, but you know, it was about six months ago, I started telling my journey and telling, you know, about these impacts and about how my life has changed and how I've grown and, you know, and now I enjoy telling these stories because mm -hmm. usually afterwards, right? Somebody will come out. It's like, you've truly inspired me. You know, you, you show me what's possible and to take that leap and face my fears and try something new. Right. So, um, so I, I think thinking back, um, you know, it, it, I was so scared of, of taking mm -hmm. that step into the unknown, right. That without this safety net. But I think now that I, look back, I wish I had told that person, don't be so scared, be yourself and go out there and tell your story and, and do something, you know, and, and inspire others because that will be so fulfilling. That's where I get a lot of my like needs net, met now is just inspiring others and, and feeling fulfilled in that manner. So. Oh man, you certainly inspired me today. And I'm sure a lot of folks who are going to listen to this uh, Charles, thank you so much. So folks, we'll surely have Charles back because already I took some notes. I'm like, man, we could do a whole episode in that. So we'll be back for that. Charles, thank you so much for your time today. Thanks, All Abby. right, folks, take care. Power on.